Folks, this series of which um, uh, Richard mentioned, The Birth of Hope, I'm actually going to sort of cap that, not cap it, but sort of finish that off. So this is part of that same self-series. But, you know, I wanted to share something with you which uh, I'm not sure that we mentioned. We did mention that... uh, Somewhere back in the autumn, I said to Emma uh, Bluston, our communications manager, listen, Emma, I've done 30-odd Christmases. I'd love a fresh take on it. Would you, just, would you be willing to take out a little time and just think about this and pray about this and, and, and you know, help me with this? And she came up with this wonderful Birth of Hope series. And, and uh, I was so staggered when she came into my office and shared it. I said, we're just going to take that hook, line, and sinker. and I'm going to get in all the preachers, and we're going to sit, and we're going to talk with you and really tease out the, the sort of image there so that we just hit this squarely. And, and we've just had such wonderful, uh, you know, wonderful reports from you guys. You know, I, I, I think she heard from God. I'd love you just to give her a round of applause just to say thank you. Now that you may or may not know, but what you don't know is this, that when, when she shared this with me, I said, Emma, I, I, I'm just so thrilled. Such an interesting take on this and the insights you have about hope. How did this start with... There she is. She's over there. I thought she wasn't that. Emma, would you mind just standing up? <laughs> Yay! She's hiding away. There you go. She's an absolute wonderful asset. So I said to Emma, I said, just how did this story start for you? Because I'm really struck at the depth and the profundity of it. And she said, well, to be honest with you, I was in prayer and I had this kind of image of, of God in his heaven and this sort of bowl, and he started to pour this bowl. I didn't know what it was at that time. And as, I, as he began to pour this bowl, this golden liquid came out, and I saw the earth onto which this was falling, and suddenly I knew that the earth was just covered with disappointment. You know, disappointment. And there was disappointment in the, on the earth, and there was disappointment in the church for all sorts of reasons, some justified, some not so justified. But what God was doing was pouring out hope, a gift of hope. And this was, this was something outside of us, not something that we could kind of G up or cheer up or, or buck up or anything like that. It was something given. It was something supernatural, hence the, the birth of hope. And that started this this whole sort of thought process of, of what hope is. And you'll remember how pretty early on we said this, that you know, hope as the earth sees it, as, as the world sees it, is, is kind of has an association with luck, chance. You know, If everything goes all right, well, then we may get that, or that may happen, or you know, with a bit of luck, or fingers crossed, you know, this could happen, or that. It has this association in our common parlance, our, our sort of colloquialisms, as being something to do with chance. But that's not true of hope as found in the Scriptures. Hope in the Scriptures is based on, on, on promise. Not chance, but promise. And the important thing is to recognize who the giver of the promise is. And of course, in the Scriptures, it's, it's God himself. So we find the psalmist self-talking, if you like, when he says this in Psalm 43. Why, my soul? Are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Amen. Give the Lord a clap on that too. It's an entirely different thing, hope as found in the Scriptures. 
And there was this sense, as we all began to sort of get our shoulders behind this and pray and seek God for it, there was this sense that God was going to give hope. Now, you may be in uh, the end of a very, very good year. You may be at the end of an absolutely appalling year. But whether your circumstances are good, bad, or indifferent, the reality is hope in God, hope in His Son, our Savior Christ, is something that is given, something that is received. It cannot be earned. It cannot be engendered. It cannot be sort of, you know, you kind of set everything in place and then you hope God will come and bless it. It's not like that. It's something that is supernatural. It is something that is given. And one of the things that has excited us over these last three or four weeks as we've been preaching this series is that a number of you have said, I don't know what's changed because, frankly, on the face of it, nothing's changed. But actually, it feels as if I left church. Somebody actually said this to me last week. I feel as if I left church with a gift, a gift of hope. Now, that made my heart sing because that was the kind of vision behind this, that God would sow hope into us. Now, actually, this has been a great week for for the vineyard. You may not know it, but it's been a wonderful week this week. We had a a really tremendous time with our our directors on on Monday evening, a very late meeting, finished not short, much short of 12, but made some exciting decisions. And on Tuesday, we met with the... uh, the, the winning contractor for the building next door, and this thing that's been going on for so long, and you've probably thought, will it ever happen? It's going to happen. In fact, we're going to see the work starting in the new year, probably, hopefully January, but definitely February, and that deserves another clap, I think. By April, we should have 44,000 square foot devoted to the kingdom of God, his King and our Savior, Jesus. That is wonderful. And God bless you guys for making that happen. Yes, we've still got to raise more money, but, but you know we can do it. We can actually start this thing now. We can do this. Praise God, and to Him be the glory. There's been lots of good things happening. Some Christmases are a bit sad, but this for us should be a joyful one, an absolutely lovely one. And this birth of hope thing, if I can come right into the very center of it now, all centers on one word, one name, a name that is banded about readily at Christmas, and that name is Emmanuel, God with us. And I, for one, in my family and in this church, I've seen many and many challenges this year, but we've kept looking to Jesus, the one who is God, who is with us, Emmanuel, And we've persevered and we've pressed on and we've seen God come through in a wonderful way. I love the way Isaiah put it. And I know when I've opened up this series, I've read this, but forgive me, I'll read it again. It's it's part of the Christmas tradition, if you will. But but I've seen this happening. Isaiah, in chapter 9, says, The people walking in darkness... And if you'll forgive me, this has been a dark year. Many tragedies, much consternation, concerns about terrorists, concerns about the Middle East, concerns about the environment, concerns about what's going on in our own nation, cultural changes. Maybe you've had health concerns. Maybe you've had concerns about your families. There's all manner of challenge comes in all sorts of shapes and forms. And 
I don't have to spell it out. We know challenge. We know challenge. But the scripture says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. And the reason for this joy, the reason for this light in darkness, verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now this, whether you're a follower of Jesus, and I don't presume that everyone is here, this is a church that welcomes many, many people through its doors. Our heart is that all should know Christ, should all should know Him as their Lord and Savior, that all should join, join this thing we call the family business, which is being about the kingdom of God and seeing His plans and purposes worked out in the world. That's our heart. But God has given us a gift of hospitality, a, gosp, a, a gift of generosity. I, I love what, what Dennis said last week when he said that gratitude produces generosity. And that's why we've got the Thanksgiving wall. Because even in the darkest of days, there's something to give thanks for. And I would encourage you, as Richard has already done, to, to just write a little star and put it on there. Let's light that wall up with gold and silver stars for the for the candlelight carol service, which we always have in the atrium next Sunday. Let's just light that up with thanksgiving. And as we've, as we've committed ourselves to gratitude, so we found ourselves being generous. You know, we, we, we give away 10% and some of all the money we receive. And yet this world, as we all know, is full of questions and, and, and disparity. And uh, Did anybody, I, I wasn't going to mention this, but I'm going to mention it now. Did anybody see that program on the TV, the, 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 most, the World's Most Expensive Christmases? Did anybody see that? Max did, one or two people. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? Two little illustrations from that. One, a family, we didn't meet them, but his, the, 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 the family's... Uh, Land agent lives in London. He walks into a florist and says, uh, The family, this unknown family, the family are going to spend Christmas in Monaco, New York, and London. And they have a house in Covent Garden. They own a house there. And they want you to decorate the house so that when they come, it's all Christmassy. Uh, but uh, they may stay in New York if they're having a good time there. They may not come to the house. And so the florist said, okay, what's the budget? And the land agent, without flinching, said 250,000 pounds. For flowers? For flowers? That's a kind of extravagance that, I thought I knew extravagance, but that is a kind of extravagance which is breathtaking. Another little thing. One, one company made a, a, a little star, or a big star, to put on the top of a Christmas tree. It had a six-carat blue diamond in the middle, and the going price was 620,000 pounds. 
And then the agent, beginning to get a little nervous at one point, when, he was, when he was, we saw the, the house decorated with flowers, the agent, the agent said to the sort of half to the camera, but half to the interviewer, well, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, this I know must seem pretty extravagant to people, but actually when, you, when they get around the Christmas tree, they're just like any other family. They kind of give all the usual things, you know, box of after eight, Jaffa cake, you know. And the, the interviewer said, they, uh, really? He said, oh, yeah, you know, socks and ties and this kind of stuff. Well, he didn't, but that's what I read into it. And, and so the interviewer said, isn't there anything that might be a little bit of out of the ordinary? And at that point, the interviewer sort of shuffled from foot to foot and said, well, there's a couple of little boxes because they've got a couple of Bentleys they're giving to one another. <laughs> now, that's way beyond our means or living or ken understanding. But contrast that, if you will, with, with the little family that uh, I encountered on Friday. I went to buy uh, the Christmas turkey, and uh, do you know that turkey cost nearly as much as my first car? <laughs> I mean, it's turkey for heaven's sake. How many of you have been shocked by the price of turkeys? <laughs> Admittedly, my first car was a 1953 Morris Minor called Lily, and that just about says it all. I think it lasted six weeks. But it's the truth. But I was in the line at Aldi's, and uh, I hear a conversation from a family behind. It, what, what attracted me was I heard the woman's voice, and the, the, the woman said, do you think we'll have enough? I just heard that phrase, and I turned around, and there's a guy, and he's in his working clothes, a big fella, a tattoo on his neck and back of his hands. He's obviously come straight from work. Then they've got two trolleys, and I looked at, I looked at that, and they've got a, a chicken. They've got uh, a, a small chocolate cake, They've got all the trappings of Christmas, but absolutely pared down to the minimum. And there's the mum there, and she can't be more than 23, 24. She's got a streaming cold, and she's got this baby on her hip. And she's sa saying to her husband, who looked like he was a, you know, just straight from work, he said, do you think we'll have enough? And he, he's counting out the money like that. So anyway, I paid for my stuff. And... Uh, um, and in all this, they kind of chuck the stuff at you. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't pack. You know, they just sort of throw it at you, and you go, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know. I'm over at the packing thing, putting the stuff in, and I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, don't do this to me. <sighs> and you know what's going to happen next. So I went back into the line. I said, just as they're about to ring up, you know, their whole Christmas spend came to 54 quid. And I went back into the line, and do you know what? I used your money. Yeah. <laughs> I had the church credit card on me. I, I, I have done it. No, don't look at me like that. What's the matter with you? I've done it myself, but I just happen to have the church credit card with me. And I just stepped up to this guy, I said, excuse me, would you mind if I pay for your Christmas groceries? And he looked like 
I tell you, shock, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. And she looks, she gets all defensive like this. And I said, look, no, I, I know this is, I'm sorry, I know this is very weird. But uh, seriously, I'm a Christian. I would love it if we could just pay for your, your Christmas groceries. And with that, the, the dear woman on the till beams. <laughs> and all this kind of frisson of chatter goes down the line. He's paying for their groceries, you know. <laughs> I think they thought maybe I was going to pay for their groceries. <laughs> nah! Back! 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 But I knew you'd want me to. And so I paid for the groceries. And the bloke started to tear up. And he said, you know, mate, that's the nicest thing that's ever happened, for me, happened to me. Anyway, I was all in a dither there. That was the end of it. I said, well, look, don't, don't make a big thing of it, please. I don't want to be embarrassed. It's just something we do at Christmas. Well, hopefully we do it other times as well. But Yeah, you know, God bless you. Have a great one. And so I was in a dither then. And I, do you know what I was doing? I'd already packed my, my uh, groceries from the trolley into my bag. But I was all in a dither then. And I started unpacking them and putting them back in the trolley. <laughs> and I'm halfway through that. And I think... <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> Put them all back again. I was all, all discombobulated. And they were waiting for me outside. And he wanted to carry my groceries and all this kind of stuff. And she was teary. And I said, no, please don't do that. Honestly, God loves you. God loves you. And I don't know what else to say, but, you know, bless you. Have a good one. And they just, they look like they got Christmas, birthday, and a darn good anniversary all in one go. And I saw a little bit of hope birth there. Supernatural gift. Do you think we're going to have enough? So, what just happened to us? I think, you know, I have done this before with my own money. Can I just encourage you, when you're in the line, if you can afford it, and this is a very expensive time, have a little look to the left and right. See who's around you in the supermarket queue. And if one or two of you could just pay for somebody's Christmas stuff, that, that would be such a blessing. I honestly did pray that it was the right person. Whenever we do this kind of thing, I always do pray. But that was a special moment. And I hope now... What's about to happen is going to be another special moment. Just pray with me. Father, let this be a special moment. Thank you, Jesus. And this is my own money. So who needs a tenner? Who needs a tenner? I don't believe you. Somebody needs a tenner. Here, friend, could you use a tenner? I am homeless, but I not need. Oh, no, I give you that. And you can give it to a friend. Who else needs a tenner? Come on, there's a tenner going here. There you go. Oh, <laughs> okay. There you go. 
Now, who needs more than a tenner? Who needs more than a tenner? I'm thinking maybe you're a single mom or you're a single dad or maybe you're a family just on a very tight budget, but who needs more than a tenner? Okay, come on up. Would you like to come up here? Please? I'm sorry, are you visiting for the first time today or have you been coming for years and I've just been ignoring you? Or? Four months. Come on up here. What's your name? Susan. Susan, okay. Folks, you've seen us do this before. I've, I've already given more tenors than I should. Has anybody got a tenor to give Susan? Because she needs more than a tenor. I don't want that sort of money. Well, do you need more than a tenor? Um, I didn't really think you were going to do that. Well, do you need more than a tenor? Yeah, but what I need, I've asked God for. Well, God's about to answer you. Okay, let's give her... Here we go. Put your hand out. Yeah. You keep that, friend. You keep that. Yeah, I'm sure. You keep that. You see, God answers prayer. Not always in the way we expect. And were you expecting this this morning? No, of course not. I didn't think I'll ever be able to ask. Well, it seems to be raining money. So I'd ask more often if I was you. Richard, have we got a basket or something? Susan, somebody gave me a picture this morning, and I think this picture is for you. And if it was a child at the, begin- at the bottom of a huge, great s- flight of stairs, and they didn't think they were worthy, and they didn't think that it could come up, and they didn't think that God knew them or loved them, but actually... Uh, the Lord wanted to say, welcome, welcome home. Let me just put that money in there. God knows you, Susan. God loves you. He's aware of you. He wants you to have this gift of hope. Okay, well, thank you very much indeed. Gift from the homeless. That's wonderful. Thank you. And so, Susan, we just want to say, God bless you, and we hope you'll have a wonderful Christmas. Now, let's just raise a hand for Susan here. Father, we want to say thank you for Susan. We want to say thank you, Lord God, that she turned to you, that she prayed and put her hope in you. And Lord God, she was embarrassed to be pulled out the front here, we know. But families carry one another's burdens. And so it's our good pleasure in the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus, to bless Susan. May she have a blessed Christmas, knowing that there's a God in heaven who knows her and loves her and wants to reveal himself to her as father. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. There we are. Take that back with you. Okay? There you go. We've done that quite a few times now and uh, 
invariably I don't know the people, not always, but invariably I don't know the people who we do that for. But the stories that come back later, it seems to break something us. It breaks that spirit of poverty when, you know, you, we have so much, and yet like Paul Getty, the late Paul Getty, richest man in the world in his day, when he was asked how much is rich, he said, just one more dollar, just one more dollar. And yet we have so much. And to do that, break something in us. And hope is birthed in us. As we give, hope is birthed in us. So, when we consider God's great goodness to us, when we consider his gift to us, we're all in his debt. We're all in his debt. Because none of us deserve God's blessing. None of us deserve his intervention. None of us deserve his fatherly care. And I'm not just talking to the followers of Jesus here. I'm talking to those who do not know him as yet. I want you to hear this, even if you decide to just discard it. I want you to hear this, that God knows you and God loves you and longs to be your hope, longs to be your father, longs to be that one who is your savior. And Christmas is about not so much giving gifts, but about receiving a gift. And the most important gift you can receive is when you humble yourself, just like Susan had to do, to receive the gift of God, the help that only he can give, and the hope that rises up within, him, within us. To finish off this series, much less this talk, we found a lovely little film clip, which I hope you'll enjoy. The worship team are going to come up during this, but just sit back and, 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 and see this, watch this, this video. It, it's stirring, it's profound, it's uplifting, and it's all about God's gift to us this Christmas. Thank you. To all you gift givers, I ask a question. To all of you who are part of a family, a loving family unit, I ask a question. To all of you who are homeless, to all of you who are on your own, to all of you for whom this year has held little hope and next year doesn't look much better, to all of you, with an earshot of my voice, I say this, have you received your gift yet? Have you humbled yourself at the foot of the cross? Have you humbled yourself before God so that you might receive His idea of a gift? I counsel you, don't fall into that trap of saying, you know what, God, thank, <laughs> thank you so much, but I, I'm doing okay, really. I, I, I don't really need your help. 
That is delusion. That is pride. That is foolishness. Because God saw us in our need. God knows what we need. And what we need is a Savior. And whatever your Christmas looks like this year, be it in a palace, a mansion, or a tent down in London Colney, I ask you, have you received your gift? And the gift is Jesus, Emmanuel. The gift is simply where you bow your head. You bend the knee, as it were, and you say to God, I'm done trying this in my own strength. Lord God, thank you. There's the gratitude. Thank you for your goodness to me. Lord God, forgive my sin. Clear away all that separates you from me and me from you. Lord God, may I come to live with you. May I dwell with you. May I know the sweet fragrance of your presence. And the answer is always yes. We're going to join in a lovely rousing carol now. But I will pray for those who, who want to receive this gift at the end of the carol, just together. But let's all stand now and sing our closing carol. Thank you.